When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, welcome uh, to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night, I've been totally caught off guard there, I was trying to do a tweet. Um, this is Gav, I have Davo, I have Emma and I have Kev with me tonight. We're going to look at Newcastle and Liverpool 1, we're going to look forward to Villarreal um, and anything else that comes up in the chat, we'll absolutely have a look at it. So, if you're watching, you're welcome. Um, if you are watching and you'd like to hit the like button do that there's 81 of you watching so far and that'll build as the next 15 20 minutes goes on um 24 likes so far so that's good like if you want share it across your social media subscribe if you want it's up to you we can't make you do it and of course leave your comments in the chat and we we'll do what we can with them as the night progresses um newcastle nil liverpool won liverpool win again um four games to go in the league season on target for 94 Four points, I think, if, if, if my maths is correct. Um, Davo, I'm going to come to you first, even though you're trying to take a sup of tea or whatever it is. It's probably a whiskey no, or something like that. Are you, are you no. in work? Are you in work in the morning? No, no, no. You're off, are you? Oh, we can go on. No. Um, <laughs> uh, it's always a bonus when Davo's off. But Davo, you know, I want to I want to go back to before the game because you're always breaking it. So how did you feel before and what was your initial reaction afterwards before we get into any big details oh like initial before is look it's, it's time of the season now it's just win doesn't matter how you do it just get get the three points uh but wasn't overly listen milner came in and there was a few changes etc but there, there has to be you can't you can't keep can't putting the same lads out flogging them so there has to be changes and after the game, over the moment, we thought it was very, very comfortable. I thought it was a 1-0 hammering. And was, obviously then I was just hoping that Leeds could do something, but that wasn't the case. But yeah, I was, I was actually, you know what, first going to thought after the game, I was delighted with the win, but surprised. And if I followed Newcastle, I'd have been very disappointed. They were absolutely fucking awful. Bruno Gomez uh, comes out and says it afterwards. He says we didn't deserve to get anything out of the game. Liverpool were on a different level. That's the level we want to get to. Yeah, I think he's now, listen, don't get me wrong. I was, I was delighted that they were shit. But yeah. I was, like, you, like you said, I'm always worried. But, geez, I was worried with the, the run of farm that they were in. Going into a half half the Champions League at home. Crowd was good. Atmosphere was good. But, no, just, we, we just uh, strangled, strangled the life out of them. Yeah. Um, 
Mike McCardle says Emmett's beard uses IP vanish. Uh, <laughs> nice joke. <laughs> Firstly, uh, I like it. And secondly, thanks for reminding me about IP vanish. I'll go on to that in about a half an hour or so. Red Steve, um, up the workers he's called tonight. Red Steve, of course, um, admin on multiple YouTube channels um, is the rumor going around. He says, evening, Reds. If you thought April was mad, hold on for May. I can't wait, Red Steve. I genuinely can't wait. Um, you know, um, I think it was Chris in there says to me, uh, you've been on the quadruple train for a while. Where do you see City lose or drop points? I don't know. And I don't know where we drop points or lose. But there's a chance it could happen. And until someone tells me that we can't win the league or can't win any of these trophies, I won't I won't veer from what I think will happen. Um Emma, I'll come to you because Newcastle were in a good vein of form, especially at home. I think they won six on the bounce at home. Yeah. Um they were second in the form table since January, I think, and um, behind us with the amount of points that they've taken. Were you nervous going into it? Nah, I wouldn't say nervous, but I, I thought it was gonna be a lot tougher than everybody was making it out to be. Um, and I think that was right. We absolutely battered them one nil. But I just had this. It wasn't. It wasn't the actual. While I was watching it, I was nervous. I thought we were controlling it, but I just thought there was going to be a dodgy decision. And only take one nil is always dodgy. You just say, look, get the next one. I think we had something like a ten or eleven shots on target to their two in the whole game. So, but I just thought there was going to be at some point. I don't know, a dodgy decision that was going to get them a poxy goal or something like that. Like, do you know what I mean? I just was more nervous. Like I said, I wasn't worried about us making mistakes or anything like that. But it was just, we were, we've spoken on this pod before about saying that you just hope that it doesn't come down to a dodgy decision or it doesn't, the, the race doesn't end off the back of a dodgy decision. And I was just nervous that that might happen. But um, I think if we had our shooting boots on, we probably could have beat them four or five now. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I'll tell you what I was impressed with. I was impressed with, like, at the start of the game, it was like the yellow wall at Dortmund with that big flag going up uh, in St. James's Park. It's a different club, and, uh, isn't it, since they've oh, got it new owners? Unbelievable, yeah. And yeah, look, yeah. I'm not going into the ownership of Newcastle and, and the good bads, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, but I'm saying the whole outlook... It's revitalised the fans, I think. Exactly, it's exactly. And I think, I don't think, I'm not going to throw a Newcastle fans that they're only revitalised because of who's taken over and what money they have. I think if anyone had to taken over and got rid of Mike Ashley, you've seen a rejuvenation and they, they want to go and watch football again. They've always wanted to go and watch football, I think, but part of them is like, not under this fella. You know, it's just, mm. it, he, he just went too far in so many ways. But um, now it has um, revitalised him, I suppose, as a support base and stuff like that. Um, I've stuck some stats up on the screen. Um, XG, 2.39 for Liverpool, 0.27 for Newcastle. They'd had a total of four shots. I think that, I think, the closest one on target one was it? I think the I think the two on target, um, yeah. and the closest one they had was probably Bruno Gomez late in the game, mm. where Allison saves. Um, we had two big chances. I think we'd more than that. Um, gone by the stand by the stats, four hundred and forty-two passes to one hundred and seventy-six. Um, fouls about the same. Nine offsides for Newcastle, which is mad. I think I seen a stat yesterday that Liverpool have conceded more offside goals than they have actual goals this season, which is mental. Um, we had six corners; they had none. Um, but Kev, you know, like Emmett says, you know, if we had our shooting boots on, we could have won four or five. And we will get into the details of the game and, and look at a few yeah. players. But going into it, you know, 
we thought it was going to be changed, and we get into the lineup in a minute as well. But we thought it was going to be changed from Liverpool. Was that was that kind of was that where maybe a little bit of nerves came from Liverpool fans that they're on a good run of form, they've nothing to lose, they can go for it, they're safe, and we're going to have to make changes because we've another game in about fifteen minutes. It was the combination of everything. It was the quick turnaround. It was the number of changes. They saw the midfield and thought, Kaita, Henderson, Milner, shit. You know, and then they look at what Newcastle's recent record have been at home, and then the panic sets in, and the what ifs, and the maybes, and everything can go wrong. And we've all been here before, and the scar wounds open back up again for all the Liverpool fans who think if anyone's going to fuck it up and find a way to mess up, it's going to be us. But no, it was um, a routine away performance where we dominated the game from start to finish. And I don't think Newcastle were muck. I don't think Newcastle were anything. They were. Newcastle were no different to any other club that we've played this season where we just dominate the game. We want yeah. the ball, we keep the ball, and we do what we want. And until we come up against a side who's able to match us in that respect, or brave we dominate enough. games. Or brave enough. Mm-hmm. But Newcastle, when we were on Friday night, we all, all four of us picked a starting eleven. Kendall got closest with Newcastle's, bar one. Me, Chris, and Luke were nowhere near. Nowhere near on any of our picks. And we were all happy going into that game with the size of the 11s that we picked. So it just goes to show, when we talk about squad depth and look at, you know, isn't it great that we're going into May and we've got this, this, and this available to us? They're there for a reason. And they're there for that Newcastle game. And I guarantee you, James Milner would have known two weeks beforehand, you're not going to feature in this game or this game unless something drastic happens, but you are starting against Newcastle, so get yourself right for it. And he was. You know, for 90 minutes, he ran his he ran his heart out and he gave you everything that James Milner gives. You know, so I thought we were brilliant on the day. Shooting aside, yeah, we didn't take the chances that we created, but we created bucket lots. And th- that's something to be positive about. You know, worry when we're not. But while we're picking up these chances, uh, I'm happy because I know that Allison is going for Peter Cech's clean sheet record. You know, that clean sheet record has stood for a long time at 24. Allison's on target to hit 24 clean sheets this season. Just to even match that season is incredible. We're on target to hit 100 goals. You know, that's crazy. And if that's not enough, then so be it. But there's no downsides to this. Does, does, do you know what? You're spot on. Because if that's not enough, so be it. Because I've already seen stuff creeping in from people saying, oh, it's the draws and oh, it's the this. And I'm kind of looking on. hold on. We've lost one less than Man City and we've drawn two more than them. There's nothing in this. You know, now you can definitely point to the amount of draws we have. Is it six or seven draws we might have? <coughs> um, seven. Seven and two losses. Is that right? Um, yeah, and you could point to those games and go, we should have won this, we should have won that, we should, we could have got a point, we could have not. City can do the exact same. City can point to games that they've drawn and they've lost. It's literally we've drawn seven, they've drawn five, we've lost two, they've lost three. It's yeah. the standard is just mental. And look, you know who we're up against. You know the if if you like them or don't like them or whatever it is, that's what you're up against. You know that at the start of the season. You know, and come the end of the season, if they beat you, they beat you. You know, the sort of way. I still think there's a twist in this. 
I'm going to hold my hands up. I think there is. And I'm holding no hope that there is. And in three or four weeks' time, we're all absolutely fucking obliterated by the cans because um, we, we've managed to do this. Chris Brax's Hendo Milner Keita has been the start midfield for away wins this season versus Manchester United, Watford, Atletico, and now Newcastle. There might be something in that, Kev, where you say, yeah. Milner knows, listen, you're playing in this game, this game, this game, and this game. Can anybody point me in the right direction as to what was going on with Milner on the bench, though? Because he comes off, doesn't he? And he sits about, and it looks like he's really crying on the bench. And I've seen a few people mention this, and I didn't spot it live. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't spot it live. I didn't say it either. I, 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 I think it was Sean. Sean said it to us in the WhatsApp group after. He said, what was the story with Milner on the bench? And I went, what do you mean? He goes, it looks like he was crying. Now, I've only seen a still shot of him, like the jersey up over his face, and people reading loads into it. But if anybody noticed that, and knows what was going on. I have a theory on it because if you've seen it, you've seen everything. I've seen nothing. Um, let me know. Let me know what you think of that. Um, the lineup though, and Davo, I'll come back to you. You know, Kev says him, him and Chris and Luke were a fucking disaster on Friday night. To be perfectly honest mm-hmm. with you, that's fair. I think um, when it comes to picking the team, but when you look at the team, Davo, you know, um, you know, it's. I don't think many would have picked it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think many would have picked it. You know, we put it up here. Um, Alison, Gomez, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson, Henderson, Keita, Milner, um, Jota, Mane, Diaz. Were you expecting that amount of changes, Davo? Uh, no, but I mean, I wasn't shocked when the when the team went up either. Um, look, you still had, look, you still have. Alison Van Dijk and Matt playing Henderson is there, and obviously Mane and the Mane up front in the middle. It's like it's a, it's a strong spine. Yeah, you have Robertson there swapped out, so you're only really swapping one yard, one yard back far, uh, first choice back far in. In midfield, people can argue to the cows come home about Kate, but he's he's definitely he's definitely good enough to be to be a starter. Miller's obviously a squad player, and then. The front three, you can pick any of them. There's, there's obviously going to be a rotation there uh, in the front three when you've got, I know Bobby is injured, but when you've got five of them, it's three from five. So, listen, I, I wasn't I wasn't overly shocked. Gomez is kind of the one, and in fairness, I know we'll come on to the man of the match later, he's definitely in with a show. But that Gomez is always the one. And I, I do feel sorry for him because the only, like, his only bad point about playing Roy Ford really is he's not Trent. That's the only thing you can really point on. But nobody's Trent. Yeah. So, like you're not going to get the same level of output, but I tell you what, he seems to have improved to me. Like um, certainly going forward, um, at Roy Ford in the couple of games that I've seen, I was actually at the Norwich game and he and he did well uh, the home game against Norwich and he did well. So now listen, I wasn't I wasn't overly surprised. And like Kev said earlier, like they, that there's no point in having a good squad. Like the camera panned to the bench that was flying around Twitter. It's been flying around since, and the camera just panning across all the the lads: Salah, Fabinho, Kate, Trent, Canate. Like it's a fucking unbelievable bench. But Kev was spot on. That's that's that's. There's no point in having these lads in the squad if you're not going to use them. Mm. Um, keep Plunker. He was out of Stags in Barcelona at the weekend, so go easy on him. Um, I'm glad he's still alive. Unless someone else is using this phone, he says, I thought it was just that he got snaked in the face with the ball. This was a relation to Milner. A lot of people in the chat are saying the same. He did um, block a ball with his face. So maybe he was just, when he came off, that was a bit of an effect. Um, Emmett, he has to use a squad. And yeah. I'm very comfortable with him using the squad. But I've I seen, I seen the team come out and I, 
I, I expected Gomez to a point. I actually thought Simakas might be seen as well. The midfield threw me a little bit. And Salah needs a break at some stage. You know, it makes sense. Diaz is absolutely flying. Mane is an absolute machine. Jota ju- does need to play. So it makes sense. But there was an awful lot of people going, oh, but what's going on with this midfield? And when you actually look at it, it's it's literally just Milner for Fabinho. That's that's literally what I was going to say if you didn't say that. It, look, Sorry for saying that. Was going, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but that's those heads falling off all over the place, everywhere online, socials. Um, and I... I think what I don't know whether it was me or somebody else in the telegram actually said literally swap Fabinho for uh Milner and no one bats an eyelid. That's I think there's probably only two players in that in our squad that if they're not starting, people's heads fall off, and it's probably Van Dyke and Fabinho. Yeah, I have to say. Um, but like, no, I, I said it, I said it myself, that's more than plenty to, to go out and and put her up to Newcastle to beat Newcastle. <coughs> um, and at the end of the day, there was five changes, but literally change one back and no one bats an eyelid. Um, yeah. But I, everybody, look, I have no problem with I, I I think what Davo said there is the only problem with Gomez is that he's not Trent. He did a good enough impression of him, I thought, at the weekend when he's getting forward and his balls into the box. Um, and like you said, we're going to talk about man of the match later on. He's not far off it. But um, when it first came out, I knew people's heads would be falling off. But um, I was happy enough with it. There has to be changes. has to be. Two and a half days after a, a Champions League game against Villarreal. Yeah, and this is why, Klopp was, this is why Klopp was losing the plot. Um, yep. you know, and I think next season you will definitely not play on a Wednesday night and have to play at half 12 on a Saturday. There's been a, there's uh, been a real change, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah another, one of, another one of Klopp's outbursts that people ridiculed him for. And um, what's happened? It's happening. He's right. Yeah, he's right. He's and right. he realised. He's always right. right. They should, and, they should realise that by now. He's always right. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, you'll get other fans going, oh, look, they're giving in to Klopp again. You're like, no, they won't give in to anyone. But they've realised that this makes no fucking sense. Um, Did you see his comment about, uh, with, to Des Kelly, when he said about uh, Villarreal kicking off at 1pm today? Yeah. And Klopp turned around and said, they must have BT Sport in Spain, or Spain as well. Yeah. I'd, I'd love him to just give Des Kelly a dig. <laughs> Yeah, it's a word. Just a fucking straight. Just not there. even say a word. I'm just up on bang, and and then ask Des how he feels. Um, yeah. But but they did. But they didn't play last weekend, though, didn't they? No, no they didn't. No. They hadn't played since the nineteenth. Yeah, it's an unwritten rule in Spain. If you if you're a side that makes it to a European semi final, you don't play your league game on the weekend before the first leg, and that's been that way for a long time. And it's yeah. a and I mean, large. Part of the reason sense. why it's a large part of the reason why Seville were so successful in the Europa League is one they only have one domestic cup competition, <laughs> and two, the league prioritizes European success because it's good for the league. Whereas the Premier League is literally screw you, that's your kickoff time. If you don't like it, don't take our money. Arsenal yeah. for life says great win for us today. I have to give him a shout out because he's in here every night. Um just need you to beat Spores next week. You don't worry about that, bro. We'll beat them. Um and you just need to go and do your job. Good win away at West Ham today. So um the top four is uh is interesting. But that is one game I will definitely sit down and watch is um Spores and Arsenal because I think it's gonna be an absolute belter. Um unless Liverpool are playing that day because they probably are they're probably playing an arrow before or an hour after that game. So um we might get it in between. Um Kev, I'll come to you. You know, the lads have covered the lineup. They've covered um the changes and stuff like that. 
did it make you nervous? Because, like, or are you in this, are you in the kind of mindset I'm in is that the 11 he puts out, he knows what he's doing. And the drop off is not really there. Regarded, and, and disregard social media and, and all this shit where people go, he's this and he's that and he won't do this and he won't do that. The drop off is not there. If the drop off was there, we wouldn't be in this position, Kev. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. Are you in that, yeah, are you that, in was, that space, that was- sir? I was right in that space until about 20 minutes before kickoff, and then <laughs> I started doing that again. Yeah. And I was like, every permutation of St. Max going through people and red cards and penalties and dodgy refereeing decisions went through my head. And then 10 minutes after kickoff, I was grand again. But for that half an hour, I was, yeah, if it's going to go tits up, it's going to go this weekend. Yeah. And I thought that for both games, by the way, for us and for the later on game with Leeds and Leeds and Man City. I honestly thought that this weekend was going to be pivotal. Yeah. But um, once we got, once you started to see how the game started and the flow of the game and how we started to manage things, I was really comfortable with it. I was really comfortable because I honestly th- looked at Newcastle's lineup more than anything. I thought they've got no focal point. They've they're trying to they've tried to do what Villarreal did, which was play two split strikers with pace and try to block off the middle of the park, and it just never worked out. And we were just we're, we're too long in the tooth for that kind of stuff now. You know, the players that were on the pitch are so experienced, it would take someone really special or, you know, someone to have really bad games. And not just one. You'd have to have four or five are going to have to be really off it for us to get caught out by something, whatever Newcastle could throw. Because the results that they've had in the last six games are against sides that they should be beating with that squad that they have. It's a false position that they were in in January. They were never that bad. It was only ever a case of get getting the mindset right and get them up the table. Now I think they're in a proper position, you know, where they should be, around mid-table, give or take. That's where the club is at the minute. And we've been twatting sides like that all season. So it was just pre-game nerves. Get that first 10 minutes out of the way and I'm usually grand. Yeah, I think... Once once you settle into a game and you see a pattern, you, you're yeah. usually okay. The only worry is, and I think someone mentioned earlier, when it's 1-0, there's always like anything could happen. I think it might yeah. be in you, Kev, that actually said it. Yeah, Davo, it is. Davo, um, we get into this game, Davo, and I just felt, I didn't feel under pressure. Why would I? I was only watching it. But I didn't feel we were under any pressure at any stage in that game and Kev says there we're too long in the tooth for this and we're too long in the tooth for that like you know you see Gomez come in there right back right and I know it's only one change in the back four but you also have Milner in there in midfield so it's another kind of change along that side of the pitch or whatever and Liverpool are just so machine like that they just go in and say doesn't matter who's playing we will just play our game Newcastle have won six in a row at home. They've come out and had a go at teams. They've gone at teams. St. Maximum doing this and whoever doing that. And Liverpool just come out and went, nah. No, we'll just play our game and you will play the game. We, you, we want you to play. And it was very evident from early on. Because I've seen Newcastle fans going, um, we deserve this and we deserve that. You deserved fuck all from that game. Let's get it fucking straight before we go any further. Liverpool just controlled it. And, you know, I'm not saying that with an element of surprise. That's just what we do, Davo. Yeah, look, they they probably had about six, seven minutes at the start, didn't they? Where they were, it was like rough and tumble. They were they were in our face, and um, then it just kind of settled down. I actually seen it. It actually the game kind of 
will remind me a little bit of the Villarreal game. They just they had nothing. It was like we kind of were we had the foot in the throat for the whole game. But I seen a tweet from someone kind of saying, and he said that it was like Newcastle practiced all week that Trent to be playing, and they they were going to put the ball in behind him for the whole game. Then Gomez plays. He's naturally probably not as attacking as Trent, so he's not leaving that space in behind. And they still kept they they still played as if Trent was playing and kept giving us the ball back. Yeah. So I thought it was an interesting take, uh, which was kind of how, how it panned out. They did keep giving us the ball back, but it reminded, it, I thought it reminded me kind of like the Villarreal game, kind of less intensity because we were managing the game after the goal. Um, but that they just, they, they just, I was, I was, I know Kev wasn't shocked. I was actually a little bit surprised at how kind of poor they were. Um, like, as I said in our group, Gav, like, Waffer gave us a better game. They created a couple of chances. Uh, against us, Newcastle created nothing. Never looked like created it, and it was it was real. It was real kind of keep keeping someone at arm's length. That's what I thought the whole game. As you said, when when it's won, like that's always fuming when Sadio missed that chance, put it to two, fucking feet up, cigars. But when it's won, there's always a chance. But no, it was real. Just they were kept at arm's, arm's length uh, for the, for the whole game. Emma. We know players need a rest. And I think the Gomez one is interesting. Do you think you would have played Gomez regardless? And the reason, regardless I ask that, the reason I ask you that is because Davos said something there. Putting the ball in behind Trent. Trent's not slow. Don't get me wrong. But just with someone at right back where you go, I'm playing him in that game regardless. Because this is what they're going to try. It makes it easier that Trent needs a rest. But they're going to try this. Joe Gomez natural thing is to is to look each side of him and make sure he's in a defensive slot and you're not outrunning Joe Gomez. He's fucking, he's lightning. Do you think he would have played anyway? A bit like Milner earmarked for maybe three or four weeks ago to play this game. I think it's it's the beauty of being able to. Like it, like you said earlier on, it doesn't, we're not kind of weakened in any way. We just go about our job. You can actually see, like Davo said, that they were clipping balls. It's like they just stuck to the game plan and Gomez was gobbling them up. And then I think it was um, Sam Maximum was actually having a go at Joe Linton because Joe Linton actually stopped doing it. And Sam Maximum was having a go at him because he wouldn't keep doing it. And it was, it was basically the two of them are kind of nearly hands out having a go at each other. Um, in ter- do you mean in terms of if we didn't have a Champions League game midweek? Or no, I think, I think. Would he have just played him anyway? I think he might have just played him anyway. Because he knows, like, he, two or three weeks ago, he's probably thinking to himself, the chances are we will. Like, he's, he's, he's probably plotted this out with Champions League semi-final in there. And, yeah. you know, it's a chance to give him a rest anyway. But just just to be a little bit more solid. And I'm not saying go away from what we do. But it's the perfect chance to say to go, you're playing against Newcastle because I want us to be it. Just a little bit more aware of the likes of whether it's Almiron or whether it's um, St. Maximum in particular who usually goes down that side. I just thought maybe looking at it yesterday and just what Davo said there, it's maybe just one way you go, yeah, it's probably been earmarked a couple of weeks. Well, I uh, I honestly thought we were going to see Gomez in the next couple of games. I actually said that he might have even started against Villarreal and everybody was like, I can't drop Trent. So then when I saw him yesterday, I wasn't surprised at all. He do, it, it doesn't weaken it at all. Like like we said, it's, he's not Trent, but I like, mean, it's it's not, it doesn't uh, we don't drop off when he plays. And I'm actually, I'm absolutely delighted because everybody wanted him gone. Everybody wanted Gomez gone, 
and everybody wanted Matip gone not so long ago, and then he has a resurgence, and it's great to see Joe coming in and having games like that. It's it's somebody said to me yesterday. Everybody says that we need a backup for Trent. We don't. We just need to keep Joe Gomez. It all depends on where you want to play though, because yeah. if if you go into a game, look, Joe Gomez raids. He actually sets Mane up for one in the second half, where Mane should absolutely bury you, and it's it's one where he breaks up ball, gets gets down, you know, gets into space, and doesn't lash it. Picks out a pass to Joe um, to um, Sadio Mane and. And Milner mentions after the game how good Gomez was. He also mentions how good he is at crossing the ball, passing the ball, awareness, everything. Milner is absolutely like glowing about um, about Joe Gomez. But I want to go on to the goal. Kev, um, Shar should be booked for diving um, after the goal is given. So that, let's, that get, let's get that out of the way. Um, no, he, he should be booked for kicking Milner. No, he should be booked for diving. I'd book him for diving um, because he, he, if he goes into the tackle and gets Milner, fair enough. But he goes into it and then throws himself on the ground. And if he didn't, he could have got back into position and possibly stopped the goal. Kev, it's a really good goal. Naby Keita is brilliant in it. The way he takes that ball on the right edge of the box, plays it to Jota. Um, Jota plays it back to him. And he's so cool. He rounds the keeper and does two on the line. He just smashes it in. And we needed it, didn't we? Because I'm always weary when we go beyond 25, 30, 35. And just teams get a chance to grow into it. But it was a really good call. It was a composure in the finish. Normally you get a midfielder in that position. We said that in the post game last night. That The first instinct is you're just going to lash it, power and blast it and try to force it in. And he's just composure to not just take it past the keeper, but to kick another couple of steps and say, right, where am I slotting it? And just tap it in. You know, this from a guy who 12 months ago we were all selling. You know, he was he was done. He was, an in, he was injury prone. He can't get fit. And when he gets fit, he can't stay fit. The guy's been excellent this season. Been and arguably, good. yeah, arguably our, one, of, one of our three best midfielders, in our best midfield three on form, on merit this season. And that was yesterday. He was just everywhere. The one thing I think he's taking from Thiago's game is calmness. He's just got a calmness on the ball. He's not rushing things anymore. You know, where it was like everything had to be a show with him. He's not. He's just doing the simple things really well. He's getting around the pitch quick. And he's just doing his work. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But the composure in that finish was outstanding. It really was. And he's pay, he's he's looking like the player that we bought. That's yeah. the best comparison. You know, because we all did ourselves really no favours by having to wait a year for him because we bigged him up in our head that he was going to be the next, the best things to slice bread. Yeah. Never, and even with Thiago, it took him time to acclimatise to the league. You know, and that's like the best of it, the cream of the crop. So... He he's adapted now, and we've got to nail him down to an extension, <coughs> among others, because I think there's more to come from him. I think the best you're still. I think we're still to see the best from him. Yeah, I think there's four goals this season from him, and I, I think, think, I think it was his weaker foot as well. Wasn't it? As well. Mm. It was on his left. I think his right foot. 
Yeah, it's a yeah. weaker football. Like, um, I have a thing on the screen there. Harry and Miller on Twitter said, Naby Keita's full-time stats versus Newcastle, 65 touches, 33 passes, one key pass, one successful dribble, 13 ground duels, which was the most in the match, two aerial duels, three tackles, which was most in the match, nine recoveries of the ball, two fouls drawn, one match-winning goal. He reckons the total package. Davo, there's been a lot made about Naby Keita um, since he arrived at Liverpool. How good he was going to be, how highly rated he was, and and the vast majority of people on this on this channel anyway have said, look, he has all the tools, he has everything to be a really good Liverpool player, but just getting him on the pitch was the problem. He's been on the pitch more often than not this season. I, I'm not I'm not too sure exactly how many games um, he's missed with injury this season, but I wouldn't say it's that many. But just that touching on the goal, Davo. Like he gets that in a position where it would have been very easy to play the ball to Jota and stand still, look for a back. Mm. Turn away from Jota, play it back into midfield to Henderson. Look for Gomez. Whip a ball in the box because he has space whip, but he doesn't. He's so direct and so intricate at the same time, Davo. Is that just a, a sign of... He actually took the words out of me. He took the words out of me, though, Gav. That's what I was going to say. He goes for the give and go. Yeah. I'm not sure Like if Thiago's there, he definitely doesn't. Henderson possibly... Yeah. Would have gone for the give and go, or like you said, Henderson loves that little setback to the right foot for a whip. So yeah. he mightn't have gone for the give and go, but Naby does because he really, he really does. He's direct, like you said there. He's direct, yeah. like he, he he loves taking a player on. Yeah. Obviously, this wasn't a take on. He was gone for the give and go, but as soon as he gave it the shot, he was he was going again to get on the end of it. And then when he gets in, there was no like he didn't. There was no panic and the composure just to go around the keeper and just to be clinical. And finish it was was absolutely excellent. But he's been he's been brilliant, and he's I think Klopp really trusts him. Like he's been he's thrown him in in some big games. Like he was away in Atletico, and that's I know some of the times he can he can switch off and he can annoy. You. Like famously, he was what was he pulled after twenty minutes over in Madrid last year because he wasn't doing it, wasn't tracking runners, wasn't uh, wasn't putting the work in. Um, but Klopp does does trust him. He does trust him. He, he's put him in in big games, and it, it has been a fitness thing. Like someone was slagging me saying I was at the game, the Norwich game for Gomez. We, Gav, we were at his fourth game. He said yourself and a few of that West Ham game, Kate, his fourth That's game right. at home, yeah. and, and he was he was there. Uh, he was superb, and we, like Kev said, we all thought, oh, "Geez, we've a player here." Yeah. Unfortunately, injuries have played their part. But superb this season. And listen, he's hoping a bit of luck. He's, he's going to have plenty more games before the end of the season. Or he's, he's going to have. He's, he's going. There's, there's, there's a few more in May, and I'm sure he's going to be. I'm sure he's going to be. Uh, he's, he's going to be playing in some big ones. Yeah, he is. Um, Red Steve says if God takes the words out of Kev's mouth, he's done the hat trick. So there you go. I'll, I'll um, try not to take the words out. Of Kev. That was uh, that was that was Naby's twenty fourth start of the season. Twenty fourth. And and uh, Thiago has started twenty one as well. Okay, so and I'm presuming there's some substitute appearances there, so he's probably made. Yeah, he's played thirty one games. Thirty one. Oh, I mean, sorry, thirty two started twenty one. Thirty two, and we've played forty eight, forty nine, fifty games this season, somewhere around that. But th- there would be some in that that he just wouldn't be considered for, maybe early FA Cup games, couple of League Cup games. And he has been. He, he's, he's had a, he's had one or two niggles as well, yeah, hasn't yeah, he? Where he's missed, missed games. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and the thing is, like, that's allowed, you know. Um, mm. But 
the difference I think with this season is when he's had a niggle, he's come back. And he might be gone a little while later with another niggle, but he's coming back and he's having a, a successful run in the team. Whereas before, it'd be a niggle and he'd be gone for six weeks. And then he'd come back and he'd get another niggle for six weeks. But this is something different. Um, a bit of conversation in the chat there about um, Kate, Ox, stuff like that. I think Oxley Chairman's days are numbered. Um, he's not even getting in squads now. Um, you know, Curtis Jones doesn't make the squad at the weekend, doesn't he? Not? And still, Naby Kate. Rigi was ill. Um, yeah. But Ox still doesn't make it. And, and, and Klopp references him during the week and says, all being outstanding and training and stuff like that, but it's just, it's just not happening for Oxley Chairman. Um, and I think he, I think you might see him leave in the summer. Fifty-six games, all competitions, says Laura Duffy. So, yeah. um, there's only there's only there's only ten have started more games than than Keita. and Ox has actually started seventeen games, which is only four less than Keita. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, it's it's one of those where Keita's you just cross your fingers and you hope that you don't get any more injuries, like with any player. You know, sort of way. Yeah. Because, like, even even the likes of Henderson, when he gets an injury now, he's out for longer than he, you would expect. And he seemed to be, a year ago or so, picking up more than you would expect from him. It was always, there was bits and pieces going on with Jordan Henderson kind of on a constant basis. But now you see them all, they're all just like machines. And even when one goes out, there's another one in. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, has anyone not talked about the goal? Emma, have you talked about the goal? You've all talked no, about I that. haven't, but I, I, I probably take the words out of somebody else's mouth. Okay. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of meatloaf references, isn't there? Didn't you take uh, the words? Oh, Keith. Don't to give us a few bars. Ah, uh, listen, Keith, I wouldn't say Keith can string a sentence together um, after the weekend he's had, for fuck's sake. He said, oh, well, no, just, just like, we'll be open and honest. I said, Keith, you want me to get someone to replace you on Sunday? He went, well, I'll be back Sunday, but I'll probably be fucking rag order. I was like, yeah, well, you walk away then. You come back in rag order and... Have a break. Don't worry about it. Um, but Keith had a lovely time by the looks of it. Kev, we get the goal. I'm expecting some sort of response from Newcastle. But I kind of get the feeling that they shit themselves. Because they weren't getting near us when they were sitting back. And I think they were absolutely terrified if they came at us that we had got the lights of Kate that I can carry through midfield. We have got Robertson that can just go 60 yards right and kill you. And then you had like literally three live wires up front. Diaz can run all day and carry. Jota can get in behind you at will and man is just an animal. Um, was the card mark fairly early for you? It, w- it was, you could see by the way they started. Yeah, they went hell for leather for the first five minutes, but yeah, every goal kick went to Gomez's side. It went to Joe Linton. I was surprised. I think if um, Chris Wood was playing and Joe Linton, that might have worked. You know, because you got two big guys, six foot four, six foot five, will challenge in the air and win the knock ons. And you can get up the pitch that way. Yeah. They were never going to play out from the back. So they were limited in what they were able to do. And once they give up on the idea that, you know, right. Plan A, this plan isn't working. We're not playing out from the back. Their whole game plan then is stay in it. Just stay in it until the last 15 minutes and then see what happens. And they're not alone in that. A lot of a lot of sides we play try that. You can't blame them because last season it would have worked. It ain't working now. Yeah. You know, last season we were it was a different kettle of fish. You know, this season is 
like I said earlier, we're the squad is too experienced and too there's too much now around the squad, and they know how to manage games and manage situations in games. I mean, the thing is, being one nil at St James Park, fifty thousand people, atmosphere absolutely hopping off the ground. That's where you want a James Milner to get his foot on the ball, Jordan Henderson to get a tackle in. You know, uh, Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip to say, right, okay, let's calm this down. We'll pass it amongst ourselves and just keep the ball for five minutes and take stings out of games. And it worked perfectly. We managed it really well. We deserve more. We deserved more return on the chances that we created because we created some really good chances. And on another day, if it was 4-0, you're not arguing. You know, it, it was a, a 3 or a 4 nil game with the amount of chances that Good chances that we created. The set the amount of set pieces that we had. You know, um normally you one of those will trouble Dubravka. He he didn't have enough to do for me. But at the same time, we still managed the game really, really well. We we controlled it from pretty much start to our five a mad five minutes. But they never had any other ideas. They tried that we our high line was brilliant. Keith was saying it in the chat earlier on. They the high line was fantastic. We managed their threat in behind really well because Sam Maximum, for all his trickery, he's no discipline. He's not a centre forward. He is a winger. You know, and you put but him the in hand, the, 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 the quad said St. Maximum was awful. If he's off it, they are ordinary up top. But if he's playing out wide left, he's a different player. But you put him up through the middle against someone like Van Dyke and Massive, they'll just manage him. You know, they they're not gonna. He's not gonna outpace Virgil, and Matip is very good one v one. You know he really is. He get it's it's underrated how how good he is one v one with forwards. You know his ability to read the game and position himself in the right place goes under the radar because Virgil is so bloody good. Yeah. You know, I mean, we notice it. We all because we watch Liverpool a lot. We know how good Joel Matip is, but he never gets the the plaudits from the rest of the league for just how good he is, especially 1v1. So it wasn't a surprise for me to see him start yesterday because 1v1 against Amax, Matip is more than capable. Yeah, more than and, capable. And when, when they play him, like you said, when they play him up front, I think they take away his best attribute and that's finding space out wide. Yeah. And, and, and running at fullbacks. Yeah. You know, and, you know, just isolating somebody and saying, right, I'm going to go with you. And Newcastle probably should have done that. They probably should have just tried to get it to him out on the left and see what would happen. Putting it up front, like Virgil is an animal, you know, in the air, along the ground, try running, not happening. You know, it's like the time um, Adama Traore pushed it down the wing at Molly <laughs> and fucking Virgil yeah. and I gave him a life, you know, the sort of way. And it's just, it's unbelievable. He's, he's just a joke, you know. So, yeah. Uh, and in fairness to Newcastle, it's hard to think of ways to get at Liverpool when you have a defender like that. And you have Robertson, that's great at covering. He's, he's quick. You have Gomez, who's naturally a centre back. So he's going to get close to Matip if needs be. It's just, it's in his DNA to get in there and be inside. You know what I mean? And that's what does him at right back. When he plays a right back a couple of times, Liverpool going back two or three seasons ago, on his shoulder. At right back, people getting into the back post. Um, but then you have Matip, who I still think has been our best centre-half this year. You know, even though we're in May, um, I still think he's been our best centre-half this year. Virgil is just ridiculous, but overall, the entire season, Matip has been absolutely excellent. Um, let's talk a couple of players. Davo, James Milner comes in, hasn't played an awful lot of football. 
comes into the midfield, plays. I want to say he doesn't play the whole game. He plays seventy odd minutes, I think. Um, eighty, I thought it was. Was it? Yeah, it was was it close? Last to 80? ten. Yeah, it was yeah, close. Yeah, to 80 to 10, yeah. Um, but Davo, like you have to hand this fella, like, <laughs> like again. You, if you look on social media, you'd fucking lose your mind at people. Um, sorry, an update from Keith. He says, loads of lovely singing on Les Ramblers. Um, I'd say the Catalans hate our guts. Fuck them. So that's um, that's the state of mind Keith's in at the moment. Um, but Davo, you know, the players come back in, but James Milner, it's constant from the club, players, management, backroom staff, whoever it is, even journalists to get access to the club. How good he is, how vital he is and you know how what an influence he is around the club but he comes in there yesterday and at 36 odd years of age he's, I thought he was fucking great Davo, didn't do anything outstanding didn't mm. run the game didn't dictate the game but pressed and pressed and pressed and never gave Newcastle a second and when I had to get dirty he got dirty and when I had to be simple it was simple I thought it was a brilliant performance from James Miller yesterday. Just on the back of his, his age and the lack of game time he's had, just to come in like that and be, be like that, it's just, it's invaluable, Davo. Oh, yeah, look, I, 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 do you know what I'd say? I'd say, if, 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 that kind of thing, I'd say a point at really how well he trains. I'd say, because he's not getting much game time, I'd say he trains with the intensity that, that he's playing games at. That's that'd be my thinking of it. You know, like some players might just look through the motions, but they'd be leaving a bit back. I would say he's trying to that uh, 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 game intensity for himself, just the way he is. I, look, you know me, Gavin, in our group. I'm 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 a great one for trying about that three minutes. This is shy. We've been shy. Man, I he, he went running around early and got passed around, and I put in ice drowning out there. And so I, have no I, have, I have absolutely no problem. Davo is absolutely sensational in a WhatsApp group. I, I, I love a take after three minutes. Yeah. But I have to say, I've told you he was he was very, very, very good. I'll tell you he how bad Davo is. You know when Way Liverpool tip off and you knock yeah. it back to Van Dyke, you knock it back to McElroy, and they kick it long and he might lose the header and it goes out for a throw to the other team and he go fucking complacency here. Like literally, yeah. he'd just be waiting like fifteen seconds into a game, and the lads in the WhatsApp group to be fucking fuming at him. Um, but I just find it hilarious. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was, he was absolutely, he was, he was superb. He really was. I, like him at a show wouldn't have been my man of the match, but he was definitely one of the top three performers, three or four performers. But listen, you're going to come on to it, the man of the match message. Yeah, I am going to come on to it later, yeah, because I thought it was absolutely but, yeah, pathetic. Look, yeah, but listen, that that just that has to be it for me. I'd say his his mindset for him, I just think he he probably trains at the intensity like like it's a game, and that and that's what keeps him sharp. Because like you said, he's he's not playing an awful lot of minutes. He's playing he's playing very few, very very few. But to come in then and be able to performance like that against the team who are in form and their own <coughs> ground, full house, rocking, who are kind of smelling themselves a bit. In fact, 36 year old hasn't played, lock comes in, puts in a performance like that in midfield. Unbelievable. Emmett, what does it do? Like, I'm not saying James Miller's going into that game yesterday where he has a really good game, right? And I, get on to, I, I want to keep the man of the match stuff for later because I was fucking fuming <laughs> after the game, right? But what does it do, like, James Miller's not coming in there thinking, I'm going to play this game, and I'm going to play really well, and I'm literally playing for a place in the European Cup final. James Miller knows he's not in the first 11 
for the European Cup final as things stand, right? What's it do for the other players? What does it do for Fabinho to, to only have to come on at a certain amount? What's it do for Thiago to only have to come on for a certain amount? He's literally the man that's that's given them the break and given them the opportunity to be as fresh as possible going into big league games, FA Cup final, European Cup semi-final, more than likely a final if everything goes plan on on Tuesday night that alone is is just I love it I love it because look there's plenty of players out there that will go in and go I'm not going to be playing next week I'll just go in through the motions here and we know how good the I suppose the camaraderie and the squad is and stuff it's talked about all the time but that epitomised it for me on, on yesterday Emmy. It's, the, it's the ultimate professional and even fellow players or pundits have actually said the players that have played him is the ultimate professional and it does it gives the lads a break but it also kind of when you play with a player like that in your team like Roy Keane was a was a player like that like do you know what I mean it, it gives everybody that kind of a little bit of a boost like do you know what I mean let's, let's get stuck in James is getting stuck in let's get stuck in but you'd have to think as well what's going through Milner's mind is is he playing every Every game that he gets to play in, is he playing it like it could be his last game? And he's given absolutely 120%. Um, I love James Milner. We should try and we should try and keep hold of him. Ultimate professional. He has a, a door named after him at the Access Centre, so he can't leave. But he definitely needs to be on some sort of coaching, um, coaching uh, team or something like that. Um, yeah, but it, it's vital, like you said, at this this end of the season to give lads that break and everybody goes oh yeah but they, they come on anyway but it's, it's still like 90 minutes versus 20 minutes that's massive when it comes to the likes of sports science and recovery and stuff yeah. like that absolutely massive yeah. if anything the lads probably need to have 20 minutes in the game yeah. just to keep them kicking over yeah. um, but to have somebody like James Milner, Milner to come in there and do a job like that is it's priceless it's it's balancing because I always say if you're winning games, you don't feel you don't feel tired. You know, it. I, the only way I can kind of put it is if I go out and play golf today and I play really well, I go I could go and play 18, play really well, and I go and play another 18 after because I'm playing really well. And the next day I get up and go and play. People go, you know, your arms are hanging off you. No, because I'm playing really well. And sometimes it takes somebody to go, listen, calm down. You don't need to play today. You don't need to play t- and play tomorrow. Step back. We're going to bring this person in. And that's what he's there. And mm. he does it without any bother. He does it without any hassle. He comes in. And look, James Miller probably thinks, I'm not playing Tuesday. I probably won't play against Spurs. I um, won't play in an FA Cup final. But I might have to play away at Southampton. And I might have to play away at Villa. You know, the sort of way. And he's ready. He's always ready. Kev. Give you the last word on James Miller before we get to IP Vanish. I'm giving you just a pre-warning because when I go to the IP Vanish, people lose their fucking mind. Because how dare we fucking, you know, have a, have a sponsor. Um, Kev, James Milner. A couple of things with James Milner. I mean, he's been on the other side of this earlier in his career where he was the mainstay in the side. And more experienced and older players who were at the club were coming in and covering for him. So he knows what it's like being on both sides of the coin. Uh-huh. I don't think you can be a coach at an under-18 level and get your badges and play for this club. I don't think you can do both. But I think he can get his badges through while he's at the club playing. And I wouldn't think there'd be a problem with that. I don't think he could be involved in a coaching role 
and play. Mm-hmm. But um, he's a consummate closer. If you look at baseball uh, as a, the example, you'll have a, someone to come in and finish off a game. You know, eighth innings, just come in, pitch the last two, two, two innings and get out of there. Ten minutes to go. If you want to shut a game down, you bring on James Milner. And that's good. You you see him coming off the bench and it's almost like reassure, reassuring the rest of the squad, right, I'm here. That's it. I love it, them as I love them. Done. I love them as um yeah. I love them as our force up. Yeah. Whether I we're winning or losing. I love them as our force up. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's possibly he not gives now, you everything. But at a certain period of time when you know, not this stage, but probably the 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 previous stage of his Liverpool career where he was in and out and still, you know, in the run into start games, I liked him as a as a force up because if you're winning, he'll protect you. And if yeah. you're losing, he'll let other people go and he'll try he'll cover to yeah. you know, we need to go a bit gung ho. Yeah. For me um, for me, the best thing about James as well is that he's he's got that right amount of snide about him. Yeah, I love it. You know, oh, where yeah. he ain't bothered about picking up a yellow card. No, he loves he it. He'll look down and he'll smile at I've done yeah, I'm sorry yeah. if I hurt you, but needs yeah, to be guaranteed you know, he's clapped on one fucker at some yeah. stage. It's like he'll it's try, he won't try to hurt them, but he'll no, no, no. But he's, he's yeah. lovely and physical, and you know yeah. what? He's get he gets hit hard, and oh, he yeah. goes down. And you know when he you know when Milner stays down, you're like that's a good hit he's got. But he doesn't seem to hold it against Reyes. He just gets up and goes. That was probably a good hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Addy D says, "Stop talking footy." I've only tuned in for the IP vanish stuff. Veranda Cheese has had a meltdown about the IP vanish stuff because he does every night of the week. But IP vanish is a VPN service. Um. If you would like to get a VPN, check out IP Vanish. The link is in the description. Um, very easy to use. One touch of a button and you're protected. Your data, your passwords, all that sort of stuff. Even your location for when you're browsing and you can do so securely. You can use it on tablets, phones, um, laptops, desktops, wherever you want on the move. It doesn't really matter. You sign up, you get it for a year and you can absolutely use it to protect yourself and use it as a VPN service. Sorry. Um, at the moment, IP Vanish are running a promotion um, for our listeners where they are basically giving it to you for $3.20 per month, which is, it's about 70% off, which is really, really good. If you check against other people that do uh, VPNs at the moment, you'll probably see them around eight, between 8 and $15 a month. Very easy to do. Um, www.ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. Click straight to that link. You will see the offer and you can take that up. Um, it's basically, I think you're apparently paying for about three months normally and you're getting 12 months for it so it's all good uh veranda cheese is still having a meltdown about IP Vanish. <laughs> he's in the chat there if anyone wants to you know if he wants to ring somebody I'll, I'll, I'll probably put the number for the samaritans up on the screen now in a minute for him um you know, it's but that is it. well like if he wants to pay us to keep this team running and we won't do ip vanish fine um but if he doesn't want to pay us just mute the fucking thing veranda and stop moaning um so that is IP Vanish VPN offer is there in the description. Go and check it out. Um, fuck it, man of the match. Let's get into it. Davo, man of the match. I'm gonna let his name a man of the match, and then I'm gonna go on a rant. Pre one. Here we go. Uh, listen, I can I can understand why Milner got it, um, but I would probably give it to Gomez coming in. Um, Fairly cold as well, coming in for Trent. It's not easy as I was like was mentioned earlier, boy, the lads' heads falling off and fucking Twitter and social media and everything like that. The only thing wrong with Gomez really is he's not Trent. But uh I agree with Emmett, he was 
he was very, very good going forwards. Yes, they very, very solid defensively. So all around, yeah, I thought, I thought he was excellent. So I'll give it to Gomez. Yeah, good stuff. Emma, man of the match. Gomez for the exact same reasons. Um, he took the words out of your mouth, did he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I thought Keita was probably close second. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe some sort of giving it to Milner for old time's sake or something. Yes, I know you're probably going to go off on it, so I won't go into it. But um, yeah, I would go Gomez, great going forward, great going back. Um, yeah, and did the best impression of Trent that he possibly could yesterday mm-hmm. to give Trent a break. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Laura Duffy says, in the end of season plot twist, Fernando Cheese turns out to be the CEO of IP Vanish. So there you go. <laughs> it could happen. You never know. Um, yeah, we, we, I'm not too sure he is, but we, you never know. Uh, Kev, man of the match. Nabby. Nabby was man of the match. And it wasn't, it, I don't think it was even close. Uh, Joe Gomez was very good. Uh, good going up and down to give you solid performance. He was, he was good. And he gave you everything. He gave you everything that I expect out of Joe Gomez in that position. That's what I got. It was really good. But Naby was exceptional, and that composure for that goal. I mean, at the end of the day, goals win games, and we only won one nil. And the composure for that finish—that's a really good goal. So, and plus all the other stuff. I mean, you put the stats up there. The stats were really, you know, top tier for that game, and. Yeah, I was really impressed with him. Really happy for him. Delighted he was man. I, for me, he was man of the match. You know how anyone else got it in that midfield is beyond me. Um, I think they're all great shouts. Naby, uh, Gomez, or Milner. I can. Kate was was absolutely brilliant yesterday, simply because he was willing to break lines against Newcastle who were sitting deep and he was willing to take that risk, you know, in around the box. It's very easy to go easy um, and be conservative on the ball around their areas. Like I said, drop it to a fullback and let him whip it in, give it back into midfield, bounce it off a forward and get it back and you're not really going anywhere. But that goal is just, you take it, I'll move, you give it back and I'll score and it's brilliant. And it's gold you see, it's the type of goal you do see from really, really good teams that are trying to break down a low block. It's it's one of the most bravest goals you can see, rather than just getting to the end line trying to cut it back a la Man City. Um, 90 minutes per game, every fucking game. Gomez hasn't played an awful lot of football. I'm not a fan of him at right back. I've said it loads and loads of times, but I thought he was excellent yesterday. Defensively, rock solid. He gets torn by... Um, Willock early in the second half I think he gets booked but other than that he's rock solid God gets forward I think he has a shot as well at one stage um, sets one up for Kate or for Manny that he should score but overall I thought Gorm was excellent Milner he comes in like we said we've spoken about it. he's whatever age he is but that, that's no real excuse he's, he's so fucking fit and he's such a good professional but he comes in there and he's the real driver midfield for me Kate is the gloss on it. He's the real driving midfield. Henderson has to play that kind of six where he has to patrol and stuff like that and look to protect against possible, you know, uh, counter-attacks and stuff like that. Milner was really good, but look, there's an argument for all of them. Uh, if I was to plumb for one of them, I think it would be Kate though, because I think he, he is the bit of the difference yesterday and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been if we'd have taken the chances that we got. Diaz has chances. 
Manny has chances. Salah has chances when he comes on. Jota, the, the loads of them have chances. But let me tell you something, right? If you're arguing about the fucking man of the match after Liverpool game, where they win 1-0, right, and they're four games from a league title if they win them all and there's one slip, and they're seven games from possibly winning four trophies, have a fucking word with yourself, right? The girl on BT Sport gave it to Milner. The Liverpool account gave it to Keita. And the argument outside of that would have been Gomez, right? So that just shows how good Liverpool were yesterday. But there's people out there that the minute the final whistle goes, or even before it, because they announced it, don't they, 88, 89 minutes, who the man of the match is, they're literally jumping to their social media to score points for players that they like against players that they don't fucking like. Now, if Luis Diaz had got that yesterday, right, people wouldn't have went all bleeding rasher on it, right? Because, do you know why? Milner, Henderson, if either of them had got that yesterday, like they did on BT, ahead of Naby Keita, of course, conspiracy, it's all against fucking Keita and it's all this. Stop it. Liverpool won the game. I don't give two fucks who man of the match was, right? I don't think when it gets to the end of the season and I'm sitting celebrating four trophies, possibly, I'll turn around and go, oh, it's fucking bit tarnished because I thought fucking Keita was robbed away of fucking Newcastle for man of the match. Have a fucking word with yourself. Get off social media and open a fucking drink when Liverpool win the game. Every game now until the end of the season. These are all fucking weird. Right? Get on the cans. And listen, if you're one of those people that were crying about the man of the match yesterday, feel free to contact me and I'll tell you straight to your face that you're fucking weird. Anyway, um, that's enough of me and giving out. But I think I have a very valid point. Who the fuck gives a fuck about man of the match when you've won a big, important game? It it makes no fucking sense. Um, Gav, you should do a who, do you know what grinds my gears segment of each um, on Fatback 4? Here all fucking night. You'd have to end up paying Davo a full-time fucking wage if you here that long. Um, Looking forward though, Villarreal, I want to get us out of here in the next 15 minutes. I have a cracking question that one of the viewers have put in here and I've I've favoured it. I've put a little favourite star in it because I'll come back to it. Um, Red Steve makes a huge point. He says, Gav, I think it's possibly because a lot of people are wang stains. It's a great shit. And it's a great word that I haven't heard in a long, long time. It's one minute past 11 and people may give out about that, but there's nothing I can do about it. And when the download comes out and people go, I was listening with my fucking six-year-old in the car and he heard this. It's actually marked as not for kids. So it's all good. Um, but looking forward to Villarreal, Davo, I'll come to you first. We are in um we're in a really strong position, Davo. We were you know, we're tuning it up. We went to this game. I seen nothing from Villarreal last week that would suggest that they can beat us by three clear goals. And um, that they can score three goals, to be perfectly honest with you. How confident are you? And how strong do you go? Uh, as regards uh, strength wise I think you go as strong as possible uh, yeah I'm confident listen fourth goal will be vital do you know what I mean if if, if we get it it's fucking it's game over you put the cigars up or get the cigars out put the feet up um, if they get it I'll be behind the couch meanies and skips up in the air fucking <laughs> uh, like, but listen I, sometimes I, it's worth who can see yeah, just for that one's reaction I would, I, would ex- I would expect them Rightly or wrongly, um, 
to be better than they were at Anfield. I, I would expect them to be better. Yeah. I would expect the place to be fucking absolutely hopping. It's a small yeah. ground, tight ground, close to the pitch. Great club. I would expect, Shiny yeah, great club. Yeah, great club. Really, really great club. But I don't really give a shit about that guy. I hope he beat them 17 yeah. nil. But yeah, they are, they are a great club. I expect the place to be bouncing. But I'd, I would expect us to score over there and get the job. We've been a little bit funny kind of Second leg boys, haven't we this year? Like we, we, we I know the Benfica one was a little. We've, bit take, less we've taken, yeah. we've taken kind of measured risks, haven't we? We took like the Benfica one. There's very like we, we, we took the foot off the gas. Inter, I think, was a little bit. I think was a little bit fucking, little bit dodgier than that. Like I think, you know what I mean. Like the red card really changed as soon as they get the goal. So I'd, I'd like us to. You know that's that's two games that we haven't. That's two second legs at home that we haven't won. So I'd like us to, and there's been jeopardy, slight jeopardy, not not in the Benfica one, but um. So I'd like us to really kind of go over there and put the hammer down and have have no fucking messing and not have me to be pulling the couch out after seventy five minutes to climb behind it. Yeah. But yeah, listen, I'm, I'm confident, and I would go as strong as possible to put the to to get the toy put to bed. We play Villarreal Tuesday. We don't play them until Saturday night against um, Spurs or Anfield. Um, so we will have four four days break. But Keith is spot on there, by the way. What was uh, Davo will be confident until the first kickoff. Yeah, look, yeah. genuinely, the ball gets played back. Canate or Mate, Canate or Mate usually kick the ball towards the left side of midfield. That's most, loads of clubs do that now. I don't know what that tactic is. And Liverpool win the header. It will go out for a throw in. To Villarreal and Vit and Davo straight away will go. Ah, oh, we're we're not on it here. This is like complacent, and this will go on for ninety minutes solid. And lads around them going absolutely insane, and me messaging them going, "You are off your fucking rocker." And we just laugh between each other <laughs> for the whole game. So it does be absolutely brilliant. <coughs> Emma, how confident and how strong do you go? Yeah, I'm, I'm confident, but uh, I agree. They will throw the kitchen sink at us right from the start. I'd go extremely strong, as strong as we possibly could. Um, I had a kind of a feeling that maybe that's why he made the changes. I know it was only a two-and-a-half-day turnaround, but I don't think Klopp has taken anything for granted either. He wants to have our best players on it and ready to go. Um yeah, I, I, I think it's I I think I said last week when when we went to Benfica and like the place just the red and white. I'd say it's gonna be fairly intimidating, but I, I'd say we're kinda used to it now at this stage. Um but um yeah, really strong and hopefully get an early goal. And five subs. Yeah, kill them off. Maybe get one more and then half time mm. roll the changes. Get ready for spurs. Kev, you love five subs. Like I've never do, seen a man, I've never yeah. seen a man appreciate five subs more than you. I'm being honest, right? But are the lads right here? Go out, go strong. Like, like go strong as in Allison, Trent, Matip, Van Dyke, Robertson, um, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, or Fabinho, Kate, Thiago, something along them lines. And up front, Salah comes back in. Um, Diaz plays. And Mane or Jota, whatever you want to do, that sort of strong. And then you use your five subs after 55, 60 when you're 2 0 up in the game or you're 2 1 up in the game or whatever it might be. I think Simicast has to play. Um, I think it was right to rent to rest Trent. Uh, Alan the weekend. C agrees with you. Now, the only reason I think it was the right thing to do to play Joe Gomez is because of the aerial threat that you're likely to get going to get from Newcastle. Mm-hmm. 
I think Simicass Robbo ran his guts out against Newcastle. He was lung bursting yeah. uh, in the 90th minute. You know, as much iron brew as that kid drinks, he's uh, he needs protecting from himself at times. And I hope to God that Simicass is available on Tuesday night and he plays and hopefully he gets to 90. Um, other than that, that's the the other the rest of that side is what I go with. You know, I a mix of the side that you you named, but I think Simcast comes in for Robertson, and then make your changes as the medical department say and the game dictates. You know, you make your three changes on sixty, and you make your next two on seventy five, and you see the game out. Okay, and I think we're going to get used to seeing that in the future an awful lot. No subs by numbers. Yeah, and and somebody said there earlier five five subs in the Premier League next season. We're laughing. Um, I think it's I think it's it's a game may, changer for us. Yeah, I think it is. Just the squad we have and what we can do in games and yeah. people will tell you that it's it's an advantage to Liverpool. It's not just go out and, if the others just go out and sign better players, you'd be grand. Yeah, and spend some money. Well, we've proved you, we've proved you can do it without having to spend the, the earth, moon, and stars in the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. You know, we've proved that you can get value for money at between eight and twenty-five million pounds sterling, yeah. and you can build a squad and sell well, and you can challenge. Yeah. You don't have to break your bank to do it. You don't have to be oil rich to do it. Oh. If you're savvy, you can do it. Okay, uh, four hundred and fifteen people watching, one hundred and eighty likes. Um, I think it was Laura Duffy or somebody else said there a minute ago. Oh yeah, Laura Duffy said, "Hit the like button." 200 likes or the reclaimer LPL will be upset. He or she, I'm not too sure if it's a reclaimer LPL, is it a man or a woman? Um, yeah, they do get upset if you don't hit a target. So there you go. Try to get to 200. Hit, hit the like button now or on the way out, whatever you want. Can't make us do it. Um, I think we do go strong. I think this, I've said it before, I think Liverpool get to a certain point of the season and they get in a groove and then they just go for it. And I think. I actually think that game yesterday is the one where we made the changes. I have a feeling Liverpool are just going to go go for it now and put it all on the line as many times as we can and see where it takes us. Um, unless we lose, say we were to lose the sports and we go, that league's gone. Now we've only really two games left in the season. A European mm-hmm. Cup final and an FA Cup final where he could change for Southampton or he could change for Villa or he could change for whoever but I have a feeling they are just primed to just absolutely go for this now and you know what I don't care about Man City we deserve the, the league title I don't give a fuck what anyone says um, we, sh- we we deserve the FA Cup and we most definitely deserve the Champions League and I don't really care what anyone else thinks and I hope I just hope Liverpool and I said it before if we come out of this with one, two, three, four trophies, regardless, it won't be down to a lack of um, ambition, application, skill, determination. It won't. Um, Liverpool have been an absolute joy this season. And I'm saying that on the 1st of May before it really, really hits the crunch. But I still think we can do four trophies. And if anyone's with me, fucking great. Um, go strong. Early goal, I agree with. Five subs is crucial. And we could be hopefully on 65 70 here on tuesday night we could be sitting there going right what let's look forward to sports who's going to play who's not going to play 
well, he's come off, you know, the way the usual, he's come off, he's come off, oh, he's definitely fucking playing so Saturday. And then, you know, then the training pictures come out the next day and it's like, oh, fucking your man's not there. And chance he's just in, fucking he's in the jacks or something. Um, <laughs> but look, I'm confident for it. Um, we're trying to get a preview with that in. So we have got winners and losers tomorrow night. We'll try to fit in a preview somewhere. I'll have a word with the lads after the show and we'll see what we can fit in. But before we go, I have a question for all the lads, and I'll just before I do, I want to talk about Failicon as a charity uh, partner, a brilliant, brilliant charity. Again, I make no apologies for mentioning this. It's a charity that helps bereaved parents that have lost children during pregnancy or soon after birth. Um, I know people that have been affected by this. Um, I know numerous people that have been affected by this. Um, it's not nice in any way. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, every time I talk about this, I think about my own two kids and I think it's fucking heavy tack, right? 10,000 euros is what we're trying to raise. It's a lot of money in a lot of people's eyes. It is. Um, in everyday life, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Charity wise, it's not a huge amount when you see what's being raised for different charities at different times. I understand there's a war going on. That's absolutely fine. The Ukrainian people deserve all the, um, all the help they need. And whether that's housing, food, whatever it might be, they deserve it. But what we're asking for here is €10,000 for a voluntary charity that will literally set them up, I promise you, for three to five years. €10,000 will set them for three to five years. The link is in the description. You can go in there. There's two links. There's one link for their website where you can read about them and educate yourself on Failicon. And when you, if you do that, you will definitely donate, in my opinion. If you want to skip that and donate, absolutely do that as well. But if you can't donate, send everything on to your friends, your family, your colleagues, wherever it might be, and across your social media. We all, everyone has Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and fucking TikTok and whatever else, right? Send it across there. Get the word out there. And if and when you're sending it to people, just say, look, donate if you can. But if you don't, just keep sending it around. Keep sharing it. Um, we're gonna we should go over the five grand barrier in the next couple of days, right? When we do that, we be halfway there. We won't make it by the 10th of June when our golf day is on. The golf day has raised a lot of money for this. Um, and on the day, we're hoping to raise even more. But we won't stop until we get to 10K. We've raised we've raised money for a friend of Davos, his child, Keen, um, a, a significant amount of money. Or we were part of a significant amount of money. We've raised money for Sienna. Um, we are part of raising a significant amount of money for her. And I've seen pictures of her today. She's on climbing frames. Like, she's completely taken the piss. Like, you know, like, she's literally climbing shit that she shouldn't be anywhere near. She's she's climbing frames and she's 15 foot in the air hanging out with shit going, look at me. And, like, it's fucking brilliant when you see it. But this charity is absolutely astonishing, the work they do. The bravery they have to do it. And I know I'm rambling on a bit, but I can't talk highly enough of them. I can't talk about them enough, really. But as I said, the link is in the description. Donate if you can. Um, the LFC Day Trip is going to do something over the next couple of months as well, where we're going to dedicate money to it as well to try boost this. And like I said, you know, we make money off, off ads and we make money off sponsors and stuff like that, but we give a lot of it back to charity because why not? You know what I mean? We all have jobs. We all have things like that. We do this for fun. We do this for the community we have and, and having a nice chat and having a laugh and calling people weirdos and 
that was telling us about Crispy's eating behind the sofa and shit like that. So, look, I'm going on a bit, but it's a fucking brilliant charity, and I just hope, I really, really hope we won't deal by the tenth of June, but I really, really hope um, that we can get the 10k. We will get to it because we won't stop until we do. All right, but the link is in the description there if you need it. Um, Tom Bolins is awesome to hear about Sienna Ugoga. Uh, if you check out, um, I think she has a page on Facebook, but genuinely, she's gone from not being able to walk to going to America, getting that treatment, coming back. And I swear to God, it's ridiculous. Like, the treatment she's got and where she is at is absolutely scandalous. Like, just how good it is. She's cycling a bike and everything. Oh, cycling, cycling a fucking bike. bike. She's yeah. like, she has a bike on her back and she's climbing up <laughs> fucking 20 feet in the air because she has the mobility that she needs. And I said it the other day, if you told me Liverpool won't win another trophy for this season, but that we get to that 10k, I'll take it every fucking day of the week. I'm on a quadruple train. I'm all over it. I'm I'm absolutely desperate for it, but I will trade it all. And I fucking mean it all for 10 grand for Felicon. And I mean that. So um, the reclaim I want to do a charity pod, one euro tickets. We're going to try to do a few bits over the next couple of months, but we'll probably reevaluate in June after the golf day to see where we stand. And then we will, we will do whatever we have to do to make it get to 10k so before we go quickly Davo here's the question are you ready Dylan O'Rourke he loves these fucking questions he's playing the golf day he's playing the golf day with his dad I think if I gave you 10 grand for every foot you would jump into water from what height would you risk so 10 feet would get you 100 grand 100 feet would get you whatever 10 times that a million how basically you're on a cliff and for every foot you jump off that cliff, you get 10 grand. How many feet would you jump off? How high well, 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 would you jump well, off? Well, well, how deep is the water I'm jumping into, Gaff? Ah, look, it's the ocean. Down. It's not It's not fucking puddle. Yeah. Right, so, I, so I, probably, <coughs> the, the water's 50 feet deep, Davo. 60 feet deep. I'd probably, I'd probably go out of height to my house, maybe. What? That'd be what? It's a 30 foot, is it? Isn't it bollocks? Should it, the, 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 the fucking ceilings in your gaff are 8 foot. Yeah, we'll open the roof down up the pitch and the 16, roof. Yeah, ah, that's it's probably 25 foot. 25 foot? You'd only jump into water from 25 foot? Yeah, probably would, yeah. 24. Ah, listen, I, 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 I don't, in fairness, I, I, don't, I don't mind water or anything like that, so I, I would probably I'd probably chance it. Would you not do 100? I'd, 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 no, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably work my way up. If I, I'd do that when I have the top of the gaff and then i go, do you know what, I'd probably go a bit higher there. I'd go higher again. <laughs> okay. All right, so 25 feet from Davo, absolutely. Tw- 25. Right. Emma, T- how take many four feet? of a mill and be happy. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd probably go 40, 45. Because so I, yours- I, have ju- I have jumped that before, and I tell you one thing, fucking hurts. <laughs> so so, no four, so gonna- we go in stories of building, you're going four stories. Yeah, well, 40, 45 feet, I'd say. Okay. Kev? <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, think it's Ashley L there. Uh, for perspective, the high platform on the Olympic diving board is 10 meters, 33 feet. I've done that. Hey. I've done the 10 meter diving board in a pool. And yeah, I ain't done that again. Sorry, Dylan. Nope. I completely agree with it. That hurt like you wouldn't believe. And I'm nearly 50 years of age. I have arthritis in my knees. Go away. 
There is just no chance. Okay. I'll be sitting on the deck chair that, that with right, though, watching you. <laughs> well, cliff divers are, do 100 feet, says Reclaimer. He says yeah, 100 feet easy. Dylan O'Rourke says nearly <laughs> certain the highest a human can do is 60-odd feet. Um, let me see. Let me see. I'm not reading the brand of cheese because he's just trying to be funny again. <laughs> uh, Matt Sweeney, 100 feet and you have to spend the earnings on a new set of knees. <laughs> so the best story I've ever heard, the best story I've ever heard about about cliff diving is from a podcast called The Magic Sponge. I've mentioned it on here before. It's basically Jimmy Bullard um had a, a podcast. It's, it's not run anymore. It's about five or six years old, right? But Graham Stack, the, pro, the former Arsenal goalkeeper, was meant to be a lunatic, right? And this guy, um, I think it was David Noble, was the guy's name telling stories where he went away on holiday with Graham Stack, and he said. The boys were jumping off this cliff. He reckoned it might have been 60, 70, 80 foot high. And the boys were like, fucking hell, this is ridiculous. One fella lost a tooth and everything. And he said to the lads, Graham Stack would dive off that. And they were like, no way. And Graham Stack done it. If you ever get a chance, go to the Magic Sponge, to, uh, go into David Noble and um, the David Noble episode, and you can listen about it. I don't know how many. I think I'd do 50. It depends on whether you plan on spending the money afterwards or not. Because anybody would jump off 100, you're just not going to be able to spend the money. <laughs> Red Steve says 22 feet and 8 inches, but somebody would have to push me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 50 feet is a long way up, though, isn't it? But Dylan's there and he's saying the highest ever is 89 feet by a pro. 89 feet. You lose um, perspective in what height 40 feet is you ever stood up on the top of a double a two-story house on top of the pitch of a roof yeah you look down you're thinking would i voluntarily jump off that to... into water i would i wouldn't give a fuck if it was into anything hey. but into water especially that hurts water's hard and the chill says um a whole lfc D- day trippers podcast we're talking about the f these truly are end of times. Well, there is a there is a Everton fan that's being here quite a bit. Um, I seen him earlier. His name has escaped me. Really good win for them today. In fairness, a really good win for them today. And um, sure, winners and losers tomorrow night. We'll we'll probably talk about Everton, and um, they're probably the, one of the winners of the weekend. In fairness, so we will talk about that as well. Um, Dylan O'Rourke says he went cliff diving out in Holt years ago, but the cliff was out in the water. Maybe a minute or so swim away from the mainland. About to make a move back across, and we were held hostage by a sea lion. So, it's not the water that will kill you, it's the animals in the water, or the mammals, or whatever they fucking are, I don't know. Um, but listen, lads, I had to ask that question, because that's how we roll. That is it, that has been the Fatback 4. Before we go, Davo, anything else? No, no. Like the big weeks keep rolling in now, like someone said earlier, if you think April was fucking mad, right, you see May. Yeah. So, lovely. Bring it on. Tarek says the world record is 192 feet. If you're jumping from 192 feet, it's like the plane must have been fucking going down and you decided this is a better option. 192 feet, you're mad. But that's um, how it's like that jump into the small little pool as well, isn't it? They're up there standing up on a mm. on a ladder up that height and yeah, diving into these pills. Yeah. Antio Chill reckons the Gav's loser of the week tomorrow will be his mate Tommy Tuchel. Absolute spoofer. Emma, um, anything else before we go? No, buzzing, just can't wait for the next game. Yeah. And a big shout out to Katie Taylor as well. Yes. The best sports person to ever oh, come, out of, uh, come yeah. out of Ireland, ever. Um, I, I wonder what odds you get on who will become president. 
There's one for you. Wonder what else you get on that. Kev, anything else before we go? Emma just took the words out of my mouth. Ah, you know I mean? right. ah yeah. yeah. Fucking sponsored uh, by Meatloaf, the parts of me. Sponsored by Meatloaf. Yeah, watch the highlights on YouTube without the volume on. Just watch the, yeah. Watch it back again. Without that was actually a disgrace. The, 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 uh, the zones, the zones oh, um, no. commentary was Look, horrendous. You can't underestimate it. She was the away fighter. You know, Serrano is Puerto Rican but lives in New York. She lives a stone's throw from Madison Square Garden. Mm. You know, she was a home fighter. and She American won a six rounds before. four. Let's be honest. Yeah, I th- I gave it to her seven three. I had seven three too. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great fight, and it was close. The rounds were close. It I was hope, a great fight. I, I hope Katie Taylor gets a rematch on that. Um, I hope it's in Crow Park. Crow Park yeah. ends an absolute fortune. Then says, "Right, I'm yeah, enough. I'm away." She's thirty five years of age now. She's boxing yeah. since she's about bleeding six, and um, she deserves a break at some Phenomenal stage. James Martin says, were you in Mays last week, Gav? It's my local. I was. I was in Mays last week, and I really enjoyed it. Um, loads of Liverpool fans, loads of Everton fans, and I had a lovely, lovely time. The next time I'm over, I'll give you a show. Um, that's it. That has been the Fatback 4. We will be back tomorrow with uh, winners and losers. I will be back tomorrow with a cop update. Um Unless something goes absolutely wrong, but at the moment, it's absolutely fine. So... Tuesday we'll have full time Reds. Wednesday we'll have midweek fixed. Thursday we're off. Friday sports unplugged, and then we will be Saturday night. Oh, Saturday night full time Reds night. this week, and the Fatback Four back on Sunday. We will talk to you in a bit. Have a good one. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.